Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing. Following it's Justin Hahnemann and the ContenderCast for shining a light on bright ideas. Today, Jeffrey Shaw is on, CEO and founder of an amazing company called Underground Cellar. Yes, we are talking about wine today. I cannot even wait. I've been looking forward to this all week, although I already had a lot of wine a couple times this week. But um, I'm so excited to, to unpack this company with you. Jeffrey, it's so cool that you're here. I can't wait to hear your story. I can't wait to talk wine with you. Um, man, it's so great to have you. Awesome. Thanks, Justin. Really great to be here. Um, anytime I uh, can come in front of an audience, talk about my favorite thing, wine, <laughs> uh, combined with business, it's a uh, a great day to have i mean how fun is that like if you really like wine and you've launched a business in the space and it's growing and like you've been doing this i mean like how fun is that and so i i shared with you i haven't never shared this with our audience almost 450 episodes right um my favorite wine like if you were if we were going out to dinner no matter what it doesn't matter if it's like steak or fish or seafood or whatever like i i go cab that's like my favorite and then the on the white wine side i would say like Riesling or Pinot Grigio. So that's my profile. Nice. Awesome, man. You know, <laughs> what's what's so amazing about wine, Justin, is there are so many different types of wine out there, you know, and even being in the wine space myself for, you know, uh, close to eight or nine years running this company, um, I'm continually finding really nice gems, things that just make me have my aha moment with wine all over again. Um, and, you know, as the founder and CEO of Underground Cellar, um, I get to share those with all of our customers and we do it in a really unique way um, that I'm excited to tell the audience about. I can't wait. And yeah, you know, you're right. I, I, you know, we, I say, I, I, I picked those at a high, high level, but then like the other night we had some like Australian wine and then some, some Italian wine, which were amazing, but I wouldn't know anyway. I don't, you know, I'm not the expert like you are. Um, okay. So we've jumped right into the wine. Uh, no, no pun intended. Um, Let's do this. Let's rewind the clock a bit. Uh, you're now nine plus years into this company again, underground seller. Um, what were you doing before? Were you already in like the the wine and CPG space, consumer product space, like, or what were you doing before launching the business? Yeah, you know, so you know, underground seller um, is we've created the most exciting platform for consumers to discover and access wine. And we're building the tools where anyone can be what we call a casual collector. Um, and one of the most exciting parts about being a casual collector is having access to amazing wines. And so, you know, um, my background is looking at uh, otherwise antiquated industries. Um, in this case, you know, the wine industry very much rooted in so much history and people, you know, of the land and, and farmers. Um, and and coming into these industries with technology first innovation, you know, coming and saying, how can we reimagine the wine industry, reimagine, um, you know, wine and utilize technology to help these wineries, help these farmers to do something really special. And so when I look at, you know, my background, um, when I was in college, I had a previous company. Um, Absolutely. And uh, and a small exit from that. And so I was left um, with a little bit of time, a little bit of money. And my <laughs> friends and I, we were just getting into wine tasting just as, as a consumer. Sure. Um, and I really fell in love with wine. And I had some learnings from my past company that really allowed me to combine my my two loves and uh, 
and launch, uh, you know, underground seller. So fun. So very, very cool. Um, for those who don't know, underground seller, leading wine e-commerce company that's changing the way wine is bought and sold in the $70 billion. I think it's bigger now, by the way, consumer US wine market through gamification. I mean, I, I, as I read this, I'm like, okay, we, I can't wait to go there. Um, so it's one thing to have an idea uh, around a company or an idea around an industry or an idea around a product. It's another to actually launch and start that. What were some of the first steps that you had to take to get this off the ground? Or did you already know what this is going to look like, you know, when you started like day one? Yeah. So, um, you know, I came up with the idea for underground seller, believe it or not, I was eight years old. Oh, um, before I even had my first sip of wine, um, I was uh, coming up with this idea and it, it takes me back to one of my earliest childhood memories. I was eight years old. There was eight year old little Jeffrey and <laughs> I was really into collecting NBA basketball cards. Um, Justin, did you or, you know, uh, your family or children, anyone ever collect these NBA or baseball cards? Yeah, or baseball cards. cards. I also collected like football pencils. I don't know if you're Ooh, nice. I know it's crazy, but yes, cards, of course. Go ahead. <laughs> cool. And so, you know, you, you know, then Justin, you know, um, the way that these, these baseball or basketball cards work is you buy the pack of cards, you know, there's going to be five cards in there, but it's not until you buy it, you take it home and you open it, that you see what you got. And so right. when I was eight years old, um, uh, I, I was from Phoenix, Arizona. Um, and so I was a big basketball fan Our our, um, our Phoenix Suns, the Suns. Were like crushing it. Right. Um, and you know, at that time, um, Charles Barkley was like our point guard and like, you know, he was the star of the NBA. And so I got this pack of cards, my begged my parents to buy it. I opened it and I had this experience where one of those cards in the pack was a Charles Barkley holographic rookie card. Ooh. And I was ecstatic. <laughs> it was shiny and sparkly. Um, and if you remember at the time, this was like before the internet, um, not to date myself <laughs> right. too much here, but um, they had this book called Beckett and you could look up the value of the cards. And so I went over, I looked up the value and this Charles Barkley holographic rookie card was worth a hundred dollars. Now, eight year old little Jeffrey That's here, I started planning my retirement yeah. and <laughs> that experience just stuck with me. Opening that pack, getting upgraded to something worth so much more. Um, yep. And it was such a better experience than had I even gotten a 30% discount when I bought the pack initially. <laughs> so that experience stuck with me. Um, and so the idea for this business um, didn't actually start out as a wine business. It, um, you know, my background is technology and this, this experience of my childhood stuck with me. And, and I said, you know, could I recreate that experience I had of opening that pack of basketball cards and, and utilize technology, the internet to do it, to change an industry that was ripe for disruption. Um, at the time, as I was mentioning before, my friends and I, we were getting into uh, drinking wine as consumers. Um, and I had a family friend come over um, when, I, when I was just in the early stages of building this, this business. And um, they ran a winery and they let us know this, this little known secret. Which was? Which is every year they have a semi truck come to the winery. They fill that truck up with amazing bottles of wine. And that truck goes the dump and what? they throw it away. No way. And, and that I happens? Was, I was, my mind was blown. I said, well, these are $100 bottles. It's a prominent winery. Why would they do that? <laughs> and what the, um, the owner of the winery explained to me is that 
they they made more wine than they could sell. Okay. Um, and it was sitting there, and it was easier for them to take a tax write off, throw it away at the dump, than it was to flood it to market at deep discounts. Because what I learned, Justin, what I learned is that. People, when they buy something, they don't actually want the lowest price or biggest discount. What they actually want is the greatest value. And sure, if a winery floods a wine to market at deep discount and you buy it for 50% off, sure, you're going to get great value. But when you see the harm that that does to the industry, to the winery, you know, if if Camus takes a $100 bottle of wine, (laughs) all of a sudden blow it out for $60 a bottle, you better believe that is now a $60 bottle of wine. The distributors are going to demand better pricing next time they need to make an order. You know, Absolutely. every customer that paid full price at $100, they're going to be irritated. Um, and not to mention what it does to consumer brand perception. They wonder, well, what's wrong with this bottle of Camus that you would now be flooded to market at $60 a bottle? Um, you know, I, I use Camus as an example. They're one of our partners. Camus does not discount their wine. And so what we're able to do with a partner like Camus is put them on our platform and say, hey, we're going to bundle your bottles of Camus together into a collection. Right. And instead of driving people to buy from this collection by everyone getting a discount, we're going to feature Camus in this collection. And you're going to buy in for their, you know, entry level $30 bottle of red wine. Right. You could be upgraded <laughs> to a rare vintage of Camus or you could be upgraded um, to a large format bottle. Um, or we were able to get Joe Wagner, their proprietor, to autograph some magnums oh, of cool. Camus, double magnums, three liters. And so even if you could afford that bottle of wine, you just can't get them. They're unheard of. So what we do here at Underground Cellar is instead of selling specific bottles, we curate them into these collections, whether it's by winery, theme, varietal, and people buy in for one set price. So that example, you would buy in for $30 a bottle. Right. You are at least going to get that $30 bottle. But one out of five people, uh, one out of five bottles you buy from this collection will be upgraded to the $50 bottle. One out of 10 would be the Camus Special Selection worth like 300 And then a handful of people will get the autographed double magnum signed by their proprietor. <laughs> that's how we drive demand in a way that's a win-win. Not sure as consumers because you get access to amazing wine, but also for the supply side. because it allows them to quickly move inventory, get liquidity, and build their brand um, without having to resort to brand-damaging discounts. Wow. That is so well spoken, so well said. So let me let's let's use an example. So um like if and for those that haven't been to undergroundseller.com, you can go check out all the deals. So um it's actually pretty cool. So um so I looked at, for example, that I'm looking at a six bottle set, right? And it says $29 a bottle. But then when you go in, it says five are upgraded. So if I choose the three bottle set or the six bottle set or the 12 bottle set, it says how many are upgraded. So what does that mean when you say upgraded? Yeah. So a great way to think about it is what we do is we have some of the leading wine experts in the world that are on our team. And we go out into wine country through Napa and Sonoma, as well as through Italy and France and Bordeaux and Burgundy. And we, we curate, we find the best wines in the world. First and foremost, um, we, 
only have great wine on our platform. But instead of, of selling a specific bottle, what we do is we curate them into these collections. You can think of it maybe like a big grab bag where we put all these bottles of wine, you know, for example, if it's a Napa Cabernet deal, all the bottles in this collection are Napa Cabernet. Sure. And if you pay $30, you get a reach in, pull out a bottle, and it might be that $30 bottle, but it's a really great chance it's going to be a $50 bottle, $100 bottle, or maybe uh, a few like couple hundred dollar bottles mixed in. Wow. And so it allows you to get access to try these bottles. You might, might not otherwise be willing to go to the store and, and, and buy. Um, but it's fun. You get variety and we're solving that real problem for, for the wine industry. <laughs> okay. So, and I can't believe, I mean, like it shows recently purchased by, and then, I mean like, dude, there's a ton of orders here. Um, this is crazy. Okay. So I, I I'm going to keep asking questions. So how did you, so did, how does the, it work in terms of bringing those bottles together. Are you buying them, bundling them and shipping them? Like who does that part? Like who's creating the, the, the mix and logistically, yeah, so how are you doing we, that? Um, so we recently vertically integrated. So we do cool. everything on our team right now from sourcing the wine to, um, you know, education, uh, learning, um, we create them in these collections. We built the technology. And so when you buy in, you're getting upgraded, um, all the wines come in from the wineries to our Napa Valley wine cellar. Got it. Um, so you're buying, the, are you buying inventory or are they selling on consignment? Um, so it's not consignment. So we partner with wineries, um, but we make it super simple for these wineries to partner with us. Um, so you can think of our platform similar to like eBay, where you sure. know, eBay is not buying product and then hoping to sell it. So instead we partner with wineries who advertise and feature their wine in these bundles on our platform. Sure. Customers come on, they buy from it, but we make it super simple for the wineries where, you know, we'll send a truck out, we'll come pick up the wine, bring it in. We do the quality control. Um, but there's something really unique about our business as well um, that I'm excited to tell you and your, your viewers about, which is when you buy bottles of wine on underground seller, we do not ship them to you automatically. And you might be thinking, well, if I'm buying something, why is it not shipped to me? And that's because we let every customer on our platform store up to 500 bottles for free in our Napa Valley cellar. So we have the wow. largest uh, consumer um, collection of wines uh, <laughs> anywhere in the country. And so um, what's great about this, Justin, is when you buy bottles and you get upgraded to these uh, yeah. rare bottles, um, you, you don't then have sell to ship them, them right away. <laughs> As I when I let out without describing what we do is we're creating tools so that anyone can be a casual collector. And one of the parts of collecting, just like you, Justin, when you're collecting your your baseball cards, right. is you want to store them and manage them. Totally. And so, you know, right now we live in a world of um, where the virtual and physical worlds are colliding together. No doubt. You know, I'm sure you've heard about NFTs of course. As, a, as a recent thing, right? <laughs> Non-fungible where... tokens for those that have not heard that. Oh, there's a lot of great you know comedy about it too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the idea with an NFT is you're buying something online that's digital and you can trade it and sell it and that's store right. it and, and, and use it. Um, but what we've done here at Underground Seller is we allow you to have your wine collection virtually. So you buy bottles today, next week, next month, we'll store them for you. Um, in like your locker, a locker that we have for you in our Napa Valley wine cellar. So, but on our website, yeah. you can see all the bottles that you've bought, um, all the bottles that are in your collection at any point. 
add them to a shipment, mix and match bottles from your own collection, and then ship it on demand. And what's beautiful about the cloud seller is it um, it allows the cloud you seller. I love that it. we call it the cloud seller. We allow we allow you to build a collection of wine, so you can have wine from Napa, Sonoma, Burgundy, Bordeaux, Italy, sure, um, and more wine than you might have storage for at home. You know, I live out here in San Francisco. Um, right. Admittedly, I have, I have a twelve bottle little wine fridge here in my condo. Um, but you know, with so many people who don't have big wine right. cellars in their home, where are home, you going to put it? That's right. Cloud Cellar allows you to be this wine collector and buy all this wine, take advantage of these uh, of these upgrades in these collections without the um, the risk of like where do you put it? You know, right. your 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 um, your ca- your counter at home gets full of the wine. Um, your <laughs> right. wine fridge, you know, right. is overflowing. And um, and but what the other thing Cloud Cellar does is it is the fundamental piece today of the platform that we're building. You mentioned before it. that we are one of the leading, you know, wine e-commerce companies. We are the fastest growing wine e-com company um, right now in the United States. Um, we are now doing millions of dollars a month in sales. We're selling hundreds of thousands of bottles a month through the platform. Um, but we are um, also innovators at our core. Um, and so, so what we're building is a platform by which there's so much more people can do with wine after you buy it more than just drink it. And so what we're going to be uh, launching um, this year is our trading marketplace. So right now we're storing more than a half a million bottles for our customers in our Napa seller. Um, what, what we'll be able to do, Justin, is the bottles that you're storing in our seller and the bottles that I'm storing in my seller is we can trade bottles amongst each other. That's what I was so going to say. A platform yeah, where people can cool. do so much more, um, where you can learn about wine. And just like you might have a stock portfolio that you manage on an app like Robinhood, on Underground Seller, you have your wine portfolio where you see the value of your stock of your wine today. And over time, and as you trade it and, um, you know, the bottles get more rare, the uh, value of your collection increases over time. So, so we're building cool. the most engaging, fun community around wine. Um and it's uh, it's it's great. Customers okay. love it. So, but back in the early days, like, how did you get the wineries on board? Back in the early days, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna build a website, a trading platform, basically, a storage platform. Like, how did they? How did you get them on board? And how did you? You know what I mean? Like, or did you have to get the wine on board before you get buyers on board? Like, what did that look like? Yeah, and you know, and and um, it's a great question because I come from a technology background. Um. I did not have a lot of pre-existing relationships with wineries. Um, and, you know, our the story of how we launched is uh, is really sort of unique. I, I just had a small exit of my last company. Um, so I had a little bit of time, a little bit of money, and I was wondering, like, what do, do I want to do next? And, um, and I was watching CNBC one day, and what I, I heard is a statistic, and I don't know how true the statistic is, or but I'm sure you <laughs> and others have heard something similar, which is five out of six companies fail in their first year. Sure. Uh, some, and, it's some high number is what the, the bottom line is. And, um, and so this light bulb went off, and I'm like, all I need to do is just start six startups <laughs> at the same time. And one is bound to be successful. Right. Because, um, I mean, one out of six. <laughs> right, right. Like five out of six fails. So one of six right. got, has got to be successful. And so, you know, all joking aside, like, that's literally what I did. I came with the best six ideas I could come up with. And I divided my day into two-hour blocks. So I worked 12-hour days. 
And, you know, from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., I did the first idea from 10 to noon, the other one. And but I told myself, I said, at the end of those 90 days, whichever one of these ideas was showing the most promise was um, having the, you know, the most traction, I would focus 100 percent on that business. Um, and, you know, luckily for all the wine lovers and, you know, wineries out there, um, it was underground seller. And so what I did totally. was it was one of the um, the six ideas. I had built up uh, a little web page um, and I um, I went out. I didn't have a lot of money. You know, the exit for my last company was like like pretty, pretty small, you know, all things considered. Um, it was like a quarter million bucks, but right out of college, quarter million bucks was like, again, like planning my retirement, but living in Scottsdale, Arizona, um, you know, after about six months had gone by, um, those funds started to dwindle and said, all right, I need to do this. I need, I had 90 days um, to really figure something out. And so what I did was being scrappy, um, I, I posted on Craigslist for uh, these commission only wine procurement representatives. And I got 12 of them. Wow. I, you know, I wasn't paying them anything. Right. So commission only. On my ad, <laughs> I said, I said, you're, you're on board. Like, let's do this. And, and what their goal was to do was to go out to wineries on foot, knock on the door and try and convince them to partner with this new technology company that's going right. to help wineries. Oh my God. This was before we had a website before anyone knew who we were. Um, and, and I'll tell you, um, it, it took, it took all of those 90 days practically to get even just a couple wineries agree to do it. Uh, the first winery to agree was iron horse vineyards. They make amazing sparkling yeah. wine. Very familiar with them. Um, and, uh, but you know, they, they took a flyer on us. They said, we don't really know what you're doing, but Hey, sign us <laughs> we'll up. We'll try it. Yeah. Um, and, and so at the time I had only had a few family and friends that I like signed up for our beta. Right. And so I got the first couple of wineries on, um, I blasted it out within the first day, all of the wine has sold out of the platform. Oh um, so was iron horse like, wow. Or were they, what, what how did they react? Yeah. They're like, wow, this is, this is great. <laughs> Um, you know, at more. the time, all the wine was a few hundred bottles, but at the same right. time, you know, I was looking for leading indicators for which of these six businesses could really work. And what I saw here is both the consumers really loved the excitement getting upgraded. We got Joy Sterling, um, Iron Horse's uh, owner, to autograph some bottles. Oh, that's and the cool. customers went crazy about getting upgraded to those. Got and it. then and then uh, the wineries just loved it because we we're able to get Iron Horse exposure on the platform, move all the inventory, but not using these brand damaging discounts, which is, got you know, it. this chase to the bottom that I feel everyone online really just um, sort of resorts to. There's a better way to do e-commerce um, and underground sellers figured it out with upgrades. Wow. Amazing. Um, when did you know it was working? Like, was it that first day when your friends and family kind of bought everything or, or like when did you start picking up people that you're like wow we're getting some orders here from justin r and uh david g and joshua c and i don't know who these people are you know what i mean like when when did you hit that how long from like day you know what i mean like what was what did that look like you know when i was starting this company with very little funds i didn't have the luxury to have a really big advertising or facebook ad right. budget in the beginning and so what's really, when I, you know, I'm building a company or analyzing a company I want to invest in, you really want to look for like those network effects where um, built into our platform organically, you know, if you pay $30 and you get a thousand dollar autograph double magnum of <laughs> some rare wine, you organically want to tell everybody yeah. you're going to have your friends over, you're going to be pouring it and you're going to be the first to brag that, hey, 
here's this really rare thousand dollar bottle and I only got it for $30 and all your friends will be like, what, how sign me up. Totally. And so from day one, our, our best channel of getting new people on the platform um, has been referral. People wow. organically just want to tell everyone about our platform. Um, and I think that is the key on why we've really been able to, um, you know, to maintain in, in this environment and, and really, um, really grow and excel. And then are there some, so it's really, that's amazing. And so then have you found some products that have worked and others that haven't? In other words, do you see volume on some things that are like very predictable, you know, that's going to sell quite a bit. You can almost forecast that versus others that you thought were going to do well and they didn't like, how has that looked over the time that you've been doing the company? Yeah. Um, you know, from the very beginning, we had a, a a core belief, which is we will only ever sell a great bottle of wine on the platform. Um, you know, we have been uh, approached. You know, we we right now we taste through over uh, three thousand different wines a year uh, that we to put on the platform. We only take the best of the best. Got it. Um, and because our belief is that the end of the day, at the end of the day, people just want to drink a great bottle of wine. Um, and at the moment that we violate that trust where someone gets a bottle and it's, it's something wrong with it, or it doesn't taste good. Um, we're going to lose the customer. Sure. And if we don't have the customers, we don't have these amazing wineries. And so, um, what we've been able to do is hire a team of these great, um, you know, leaders of the wine industry to taste through these wines and build these connections. We work directly with so many amazing wineries. But what we've also done, going back to my technology background, is we largely, aside from our wine experts that are on the team, we hire from the tech industry. So, um, you know, my my right hand man, his name is Jeff Hardy. He's our president and COO. Uh, he was an executive at Google and Yahoo. Um, he was on the founding team of a company that was acquired by Grubhub. Our um, our CMO. Uh, she was an executive at, at Open Table and Rodan and Fields, and um, our VP product came from Instacart. Oh, and so cool. I'm not hiring Got from it. the wine industry because, you know, I want to bring these, these minds in that can use what's really allowed tech companies to just dominate, you know, um, uh, the, the world and the stock market. And so we built out data science teams and, you know, business insight analysts. Love that. So, That's very cool. You know, when, when we are are curating these wines in these collections, we're using data to understand which wines do people want, but also which wines will sell well on the platform. We're able to predict demand and we do it in a very intelligent and smart way. Wow. Um, it's one of the reasons why, um, you know, when we look at, you know, the past, uh, you know, 24 months, we've grown more than a thousand percent, 10 X um, is because we understand the customers better than any of our competitors. <laughs> Uh, and it's allowed us to build a platform that just resonates uh, with both the consumers and the supply side. And, you know, Justin, one of the things that we've really tried to do with our platform is make wine approachable. Um, I, I have one of my biggest anxieties, um, you know, going back before I had this company. And I think many people can resonate with this, right. which is <laughs> they, you. They don't know what to your, say or do at first if, they, if they're not into wine, right? <laughs> You're, you know, put yourself in the shoes of you're in that nice steakhouse, or you're on a fancy <laughs> right. date and the, the server sommelier, they come over, they say, they say, Justin, um, what, uh, 
what kind of wine do you want? And they give you a big wine do you like? (laughs) And and for so many people in America, this spikes in anxiety because for some reason people believe that that there's a right answer to that question. You know, you're you're supposed to stick your pinky out and talk about these varietals and vintages (laughs) and regions. No, you know, so much of the population, the 84 million wine drinkers in America, most of them have no idea how to answer that question. Totally. And so they might resort to like, oh, I like red wine or I like Pinot Noir. (laughs) Well, we've done with Underground Cellar. um, One sec, Justin. Well, we've done with Underground Cellar and this data team that we built is we believe that we will never ask our customers that question of what wine do you like? Because even if they will answer that question, um, they they might not truly know. And so what we do is we use uh, data science and 60 million data points to build these collections and get the right wines in the hands of the right customers without ever asking you. And so um, when we think about what we're doing in the wine space, it's helping people discover their next favorite wine and doing it in a really fun, engaging way. Um, that people have really rallied behind. That's really, really cool. Um, so, you know, in terms of order volumes now, I mean, where are you and have you had to scale? You mentioned you vertically integrated. Have you had to scale like, your storage, uh, the the places you keep, you consolidate and create the bundles? Like, have you had to grow that over the time that you've had the business? Has that been a big challenge? Yeah, you know, the business has definitely um, changed a, a lot over um, the years since I originally founded it. Um, you know, when I started this company, I, I looked at ourselves very much like that example I gave before about the eBay example, where we are this, um, this marketplace, the middle, we build technology and, and we market. Um, and so in the early days, we relied on um, partners, uh, what's called the 3PL, like a third party logistics provider sure. that would receive the wine, they would um, then do the pick, pack and ship when people requested it, you know, I, I made um, you know, a, a pact with myself that you will never see me driving a forklift. Um, as the company started to grow, what I realized was, is that if if I wanted to actually build a multi-billion dollar company and truly change the wine world, we had to take control end to end of all of the pieces. Got and it. so that was why, um, you know, two and a half years ago, um, we, uh, we got our own wine cellar in Napa. Um, it's more than 100,000 square feet. It can store millions of bottles of wine because we believed that if we wanted to grow this business, we had to control the sourcing by bringing in these wine experts. We had to control the uh, quality control by checking all of the wines ourselves before they ever get to a customer. Sure. We would have to be able to build the storage component where people can build their collections and manage their collections and then be able to ship that wine out and offer a great customer experience. Um, we do our all of our own platform development, technology in-house. Um, we do all of our marketing in-house. And so by vertically integrating, bringing all these things onto our team, um, our team in the past 24 months has grown from a team of 14 people, one, yes. four, 14 people to more than 60 people. Wow. Um, and, Holy cow. Um, and <laughs> so we are just growing quickly. Customers love it. Wineries love it. Um, you know, people are, you know, clamoring to work here. We're trying to hire the best of the best because we're, we're changing a wine industry, um, that, that needs us, wants us. And, um, and we're cut customers are just lining up to, uh, become a member on the platform. Wow. Really, really cool. Um, 
I, I always love to ask, ask our guests some of their biggest lessons learned. I mean, you've had a number over the years. You've shared some insights on that with us today. We have a lot of entrepreneurs that listen. As you think about launching a business like this and, and growing it, what would be two pieces of advice you'd share with our audience of things that you've learned if you had to really sum it up? I would say that there are are three main things I would say for someone that is early starting a company. Um, the first one is actually decide on something and do it. I think so, so often people get in this paralysis of they're waiting for the right idea. They're waiting for, for some divine intervention for them to finally do it. And what they realize is you can sit there and think about an idea right. and put words on paper. Totally. At the end of the day, figure out a way to launch it and do it because there's no better way to figure out how to build your business than is to get out in the market and do it. The second thing I would say is um, ideas are a dime a dozen. It really comes down to execution and execution comes down to an amazing team. And the way that you build an amazing team in the very beginning, um, you know, unless you somehow um, have millions of dollars and you're going to fund your business yourself, it comes down to, um, to finding great co-founders. You know, it was one of the things I really struggled with in the beginning is, um, is bringing people in and trusting someone else to, right. to, to your take idea. some part of this baby on. Right. Um, when I was able to bring on leaders like, um, like Jeff Hardy, our president and COO, um, and, you know, people like Jill Watson, our VP revenue and people like Nellie Perchak and our chief of staff. Um, what I found is that when, when the times get tough and, and believe you me, they will to have people in the trenches that care about the business that will be there with you is what will get you through the tough times and the hurdles. Um, we went through a program called Y Combinator in 2015. It's one of the, um, the the most prominent startup accelerators. They give you money. They bring people like Mark Zuckerberg and totally, um, you know, and other leaders like this to to help you think about and build your company. And um, and and what I, I learned from that program is it's about the team and the execution. And so bringing great people in, and motivating them through equity and ownership, is the right way to do it. Um, and the third thing I learned, um, especially in the early days, is you can't solve everything for everyone. And so, you know, when I was originally, you know, I remember I was telling you, Justin, when I came up with this idea, it was the upgrade idea of taking something, upgrading value. Right, right. Um, it wasn't just for wine. The initial idea was let's upgrade everything of everything. But when you look at trying to get supply side, in this case, wineries, and in, uh, on demand side, wine lovers, if I'm also upgrading massage services and electronics, um, we would not be able to have found our, our niche, found our momentum, understand the unit economic, customer acquisition economics, and all sure. the pieces, if we were trying to do too much um, too soon. And so we said, we're just going to the wine industry. And I was able to um, rally, the team, rally the team around um, one North Star metric um, at the same time. And for us, that was um, revenue. And so, you know, every day it was like, what is our sales number? How are we doing against the plan? And focus, focus, focus on the one metric. Then as the company grows, you introduce new North Star met metrics, um, but you always want to have the team rally towards one unified goal, one unified vision. Um, and so those three things, um, again, uh, actually start something, build a great team, and focus on one North Star metric. And wow. those are is the advice I would give to anyone that's looking to start a business 
um, especially in the early days, those are the things that kept us going. That's so cool. What great advice. Um, and yeah, it's so interesting. Just you can almost see how that's played out with you and having the right people that can be there and supportive. And, and you're right. There's also a lot of people that have an idea and just don't act on it or they're, you know, they, it's hard to take that initial step. Uh, so great. I mean, I, I think we could talk for a couple hours. Um, you got to come back on, man. Uh, Jeffrey, it'd be so great to have you back on, but, um, share with our audience where they can find you, connect with you by product order bundles, et cetera. Great. Um, yeah, really appreciate you having me, Justin, you know, our company is undergroundseller.com. Um, and I'm going to do something special, um, for, for your, your audience Woo-hoo! listeners, Justin, I love it. If they, um, if they enter the promo code cast C A S T um, on our platform, they'll get a hundred dollars off their first hundred fifty dollar order. Wow, um, that's like fifty dollars then. Hundred dollars off. So hundred dollars off hundred fifty dollar order. It's fifty bucks. Yeah. So oh and you know for that hundred dollars, you're gonna get upgraded. You're gonna experience oh the gosh. excitement of our platform. You're gonna get the free storage. And what I would say um, to anyone listening is try it out. I'd love to hear from you. My email address is Jeff at UndergroundSeller.com. J E F F. Um, I read every email I get. I'll often respond to almost everyone if I can. Um, and I would love to hear everyone's feedback on what you think of the platform. Um, and Justin, thanks so much for having me and <laughs> so let me tell my story. Jeff Shaw, CEO and founder of Underground Seller. Um, I mean, so cool. And I mean, like just it just feels like you've got this momentum and potential for growth that you know, even though you're nine years in, it feels like you've just got so much stretch and runway in front of you. So man, we'd love to have you back on down the road. Thanks for educating us on the industry, how you're disrupting it and like being really creative around meeting the consumer where, where they where they want to shop. And then I love the storage idea. I mean, that's so cool. So cool. Man, it's been awesome. so great having you on. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Justin, for having me and can't wait to be back soon. The ContenderCast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional ContenderCast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.